0: April 11th, 1970, 1,300 hours, 13 minutes, Apollo 13 lifted off from Cape Canaveral, Florida. Crew of three men aboard to be the third manned spaceflight to land on the moon. 205,000 miles away from Earth that evening, the crew of three broadcast a live broadcast back to Earth and ended it by saying they wished everyone on Earth a nice evening. Eight minutes later, an explosion on board blew an entire panel away from the spacecraft, threatening to drain all of the oxygen, all the power supplies from the ship. Everybody involved in mission scrambled to find out what had happened and what to do, and within an hour and a half of that explosion, mission controller Gene Kranz made the difficult decision and gave the command, to close the reactant fuel cell valves. That was irreversible. It meant, from that moment on, Apollo 13 would not be going to the moon. Its mission was ended. In the movie Apollo 13, the actor playing Gene Krantz has called a meeting of all the mission control people together and he says to those crew members, okay, people, listen up. I want you all to forget the flight plan. From now on, we are improvising a new mission. How do we get our people home? Later, looking back, it was figured out the series of decisions that had led up to the explosion that nearly killed those three men in space. Their mission lost. And then another series of many decisions after that explosion all came together to save their lives. You can look back at the Apollo 13 mission and you can wonder at the way a near tragedy was turned into something to celebrate, but you know, in the end, that mission was lost. They survived, but it was dubbed a successful failure. There is a difference between succeeding and surviving. And this morning, I want to talk about not just surviving, we have something better to consider. Years before COVID was battering society, the church was already facing some difficult facts that, by the way, are mostly still with us. How is the church doing? Gallup in 2019 polled and found adults of the United States said they belonged to some religious body. That number, for the first time since being recorded in 80 years, went below 50%. That was down from 73% about 30, 40 years before. Also in 2019, about 3,000 Protestant churches were started in the United States, about 4,500 Protestant churches closed. That's from Lifeway Research. Now the United States is ranking third in the world following China and India in the number of people who are not professing Christians. In other words, the United States is becoming an ever-growing uh, ever unreached people group in the world. Half of all churches in the United States did not add a member to their numbers in the last two years. Then I ran across this headline from CBN News New survey reveals 60% of Christians aged 18 to 39 believe Jesus' not only way to salvation. Now we can study those numbers and we can shake our heads at them, we can figure out who's to blame, and then just add to them, or we could determine what we can do about them here at Central Christian Church. Which direction shall we go? Starting today, Central Christian Church is embarking on a journey, a journey of faith, hope, and love. It is a roadmap forward to lean into whatever it is that God is seeking to do through us here. This isn't some gimmick that we just kind of hope everybody will appreciate and you might be interested in. This is a general quarters, all hands on deck, fish or cut bait, swim or sink moment for this church family. And it's going to take everyone's help. So audience participation time, if you are someone this morning, raise your hand, please. Look around. If you are someone, raise your hand, all right? That's you. That's whose help this is going to take. Today we're launching Thrive. Remember, that is tapping heaven's resources to ignite vital expansion. There it is in front of you. Take a good look at it. A little over four years ago, our third grandchild was born, Ellie, and Ellie was healthy at birth. She was doing fine, but as the days pressed on, she wasn't gaining weight at the rate that she was supposed to, and so Ellie was in the hospital getting a lot of attention, creating a lot of worry, tagged with a condition that I had never heard applied to a newborn baby before. She was suffering from what they called failure to thrive. And those were some scary days. I got to tell you that Ellie's doing fine now. She's still little. She'll always be little, but she makes up for it with cuteness. And Ellie is thriving. Thriving is important to life. It is the opposite of shrinking or declining. And I want to tell you this morning that thriving is equally important in your spiritual life. So, right off the bat here, just for yourself and to yourself, answer this question Am I thriving, spiritually thriving, as God has designed for me to do? Am I advancing? Am I developing? Am I flourishing, maturing, progressing? Is my life producing fruit? Be honest. Are you thriving? And then if you've been around Central Christian Church long enough to know, then answer that question also for us as a church family. Is Central Christian Church thriving? Are we as a church body advancing, expanding, increasing our impact on Rockford in the world? Be honest as you answer that question. As we took some hours and put our heads together, we noted what we could see about Central. What's working? What's broken? And we identified a route so that we could thrive as a church family. And the roadmap is set for three years. Uh, Jesus, by the way, did his earthly ministry in about three years' time. That seems to be a pretty good way to set things up. And ministry experience shows that three years is a good time span to regather and to reset. So yes, the plan is in 2024, if the Lord tarries that long, we are planning to redo the whole process with a fresh look and with real results that we can build on for more planning for the future. And after working through this strategic planning process, Thrive showed us three specific initiatives, three ways that we are going to reach over the next Three years. You may have noticed them in the opening video evangelism, discipleship, and the next generation. In other words, this plan is going to help us to reach for the lost, to reach for Jesus, and to reach the next generation. Starting next Sunday, we're going to take a Sunday to look into each of those more deeply, and then later this year, we're going to take a whole month to look at each one of those even more deeply as we travel through this. These initiatives are a moving, evolving roadmap. They have to be because, have you noticed, the road is always changing. It keeps moving around out in front of us. For months now, three different task groups have been meeting, each one of them working to help map out their specific areas, evangelism, discipleship, and the next generation. And those are being headed up, I'll just put names on them for you, by Brian Rodert, Scott Cruden, and Brian Beck, respectively, those teams. Brian Rodert is working with a group that'll help us with ways to reach the lost. We usually call this what? Evangelism. Evangelism, that word comes from a word that simply means to share the good message. And The evangelism task group is going to help us, is going to help all of us share our faith with people who are still not believers. You and I are going to be identifying and praying for your one person. That is, a person who isn't a believer who you will influence to consider life in Jesus Christ. Remember raising your hand? Remember that moment? You're someone. And so this includes you. You'll be hearing about that in two weeks, all right? Scott Cruden is working with the task group that'll help us reach for Jesus to grow up. We call that also discipling because after you accept Jesus and after time passes, your faith is supposed to do more than just get older. It's supposed to mature. Even cheese does more than just get older. So this group will be defining pathways to maturity, pathways that'll bring everyone along from where they are now to someplace place farther grown up in the future. Remember raising your hand? You're someone, and so this includes you, and you're going to be hearing more about this discipling in three weeks. Brian Beck is working with the group that'll help us to reach the next generation. Any church, any church can grow older as time passes. All you have to do is keep people around, and we'll take care of the aging. We're all doing it, aren't we? But the church isn't just a holding tank for people until they check out of this life. There's this huge need to focus on the next generation of believers and leaders, those who are growing up in the church and those who are growing up around the church outside of it. So this task group is going to help us focus on the next generation so that Central is a thriving body in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Again, if the Lord... Remember raising your hand? You're someone. So this includes you. Next Sunday, we'll be hearing more about that next generation. All right, that's the short version of the Thrive Plan, since you asked. This past week, I watched, I'll bet you watched too, as the people of Ukraine have had the very hardest of choices Forced upon them. Fathers and husbands have made the choice to send away their families and to stay to fight an impossible war. I watched a video of a a city where the mayor was delivering a message to a group on the streets of his city that they had to choose either to surrender the city, they had been told, either surrender the city to the Russians or stay and fight and they will be shelled by artillery he said it must be unanimous we'll send the women and children away recorded preaching of Jesus from that time Jesus began to preach saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and if you follow the ministry of the Apostle Paul you'll see that Paul was constantly reading his audience his message always was the gospel, but as he spoke to different crowds, he adapted the way that he spoke to his crowd. He summarizes that in 1 Corinthians 9. I've become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. You see, the Lord has given to us this precious task of taking the treasure of the unchanging gospel into a world that desperately needs to hear it. And that means that we have to adapt because the world keeps changing. It's not because change is fun. (laughs) It's not because it's easy or just interesting. This is because we must choose to adapt as things around us change or we will surely continue to decline. That's a choice we can make. Here's the second choice, and that is the choice between turmoil or growth. As we work on laying out a roadmap to thrive, we're not just looking for busyness. My observation has been this, that most people are busy enough. Am I right? Your school, your job, your team, your club, your hobby, they're all going to find ways to keep you busy. My question is, about those things, what are they growing? What is that busyness producing in life that is going to last forever? There's a goal here in our Thrive Plan to increase. And that increase, by the way, isn't just the number of people that we get to come and sit here on a Sunday morning, or the number of events that we put on a church calendar to fill it all up. Peter said to new Christians, 1 Peter chapter 2, like newborn infants, Long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may, what's it say? Grow up into salvation. Paul wrote about all Christians in Ephesians 4. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Imagine just for a moment a fifth grade school class. And rather than taking an entrance test or aptitude tests, Instead of doing that on paper, they have everybody in the class hop on a scale and weigh in at the beginning of the school year. And they all weigh in, and then at the end of the year, they all weigh in again. Fifth grade class, what do you suppose will happen in a school year's time? Well, they'll gain weight, won't they? Chances are, as a class, they're going to weigh more. But you know what? That doesn't mean that they grew where the school was supposed to grow them. When the individual members of the church body are growing up in Jesus, so does the body grow. Growth will happen, but we're going to measure growth by the right measurements. Busyness is not the same as maturity. There's another choice we can make, and that is the choice of stagnation or peace. Peace while busyness isn't the same as growth, neither is peace the same as inactivity. Jesus was speaking to his disciples in John 14 when he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Do you know what the scene is when Jesus is saying to his disciples, I am giving you peace, peace that the world cannot give you. You know what the scene is? It is in the middle of preparing them to take over his great mission. He's about to die on the cross. And he's saying to his disciples, I'm giving you peace. Peace. He's prepping them to carry on his work. The peace that he was giving them wasn't a perpetual lawn chair and a pina colada. It was much deeper than that. I asked Gary Johnson, who helped us organize this planning process this past week. I told him, this is Sunday, we're rolling it out. I said, what are the glitches that we should watch for as we go to implement the strategic plan. He said this, the main glitch would be if we fail to aggressively put our shoulder to the plow. It's kind of a mixed metaphor, but I got it. Translation, stagnation, that would be the glitch. Jesus promises his people peace, but he gives that to us as we advance his kingdom with him alongside us in the fight. A non-Christian worldview of peace just doesn't get this. Jesus doesn't invite us to stagnation so we can have peace. He invites us to take up our cross and to follow him, to receive his peace in the middle of turmoil. Otherwise, what we have in Christ is no better than what people outside of him are looking for. There's another choice that we have to make, and that is the choice between methods or mission. By the way, as we're talking about Thrive, as we're talking about reaching for the lost, and we talk about reaching for Jesus, and we talk about reaching the next generation, if any of those things sound familiar, well, it's because they're about 2,000 years old. That's why the face of the church has gone through all kinds of changes over the centuries, but the business of the church has never changed. That's why it's familiar. Jesus gave us our marching orders in Matthew 28, verse 18. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So one of the things that we'll be speaking about in days ahead is being missional, as a church family, and being missional about the way that we do things, that's because we worship Jesus Christ, not the way that we do things. And since we worship Jesus, we care about his mission and seeing that we carry it through. Amen? Some of this is going to be tough for you. I understand that full well. Because sometimes I know about me. I get too attached to a way of doing things rather than the point of them. And if that's you, then can I ask you please to put aside your personal nostalgia or preferences or comfort and care more about people not going to hell than you care about those things that are less important? Can I ask that? Folks, the times are speaking. Are you listening The day is drawing near, and we can't afford to be foolish and shallow. The house is on fire. We can't afford to be standing in the hallway straightening the pictures. So if you want to cling tenaciously to something, cling to the Lord's commission to make disciples of all the nations. Choose to care about the mission over the methods. I think that you could summarize all these choices that we have in this choice. Will we be found surviving or thriving? That's a choice. When Jim Lovell and Fred Hayes and Jack Swigert came back from six days in outer space, get this, they had, I didn't know this, they had collectively lost 31 and a half pounds. Between the three of them, in six days, they lost 31 and a half pounds due to a lack of food and water. They were alive. They had survived. But the joy of their return wasn't that they had accomplished their mission. It was that they had just barely made it back, but they had survived. They were a successful failure. Jesus gave a lot of illustrations about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus gave word pictures, Tom referred to one of them, that are all about growth. He said that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, it's a tiny little seed, but when it grows it becomes this huge plant. He said that the kingdom of heaven is like a little bit of yeast that a woman hid in three measures of flour and it made the entire batch of dough rise. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who went out to hire workers for his vineyard and he went out again and hired more and he went out again and he hired more and he kept going out and hired more. He spoke about a man planting seed. He said, some of that seed grew. Some of it on good soil grew and it multiplied and it produced a crop 40, 60, 100 times. He said, if we remain in him, we would bear much fruit, like a branch connected to a vine. Today, March 6th, 2022, let's make the choice to thrive. You have to make that choice, by the way, individually in order for us to make it collectively. You have to, first of all, make the choice to follow Jesus Christ, and if you haven't done that, you're not going to thrive. Maybe you've made that choice and you just realize in your own life, I need to grow. I haven't been growing. i have stagnated. It's time to thrive. If you're ready to start a relationship with Jesus this morning, we want to help you with that. We want to help you see in God's Word what it means to become a Christian, how to begin as a brand new person in Jesus Christ, and then to grow in him for the rest of your life. But you got to make that choice individually before we can make it collectively. There is a song that we uh, tried to get an announcement out about this week, I tried to, uh, that we're going to sing here in just a moment, and for a lot of us it's going to be a brand new song. I hope that you were able, some of you, to see it so that you'd sing it loud today. And it's about thriving, it's about growing in Christ. If you'd like to begin that life today, and that's something you haven't begun, then I'm gonna be down here at the front, singing poorly, but loudly. And I encourage you to come over and talk to me about, how do I do this, what's the next step? How do I become a follower of Jesus? If you're joining us online, even if you're, especially if you're by yourself, you can sing loudly and poorly, no one's gonna know. Um, But do that. Let's all stand up together Let's pray together as we get ready to finish our time here. Father, we thank you. Thank you for promising to be here when we gather together. Thank you for being our audience today. We don't deserve your time. Thank you, Father, that you have designed for us that we would grow. Your kingdom is described in so many places as that which grows and multiplies and produces. And Father, you have placed that work on our shoulders. Thank you for being alongside us in it, but Father, please help us to bear uh, that responsibility as you have called us to do. Today in our church family, Lord, let this be a a notable and important day that we begin as a body of Christ, and a time and a place where it is so much needed to thrive, to grow, to reach where you have directed us to reach. We know that this will honor you. And Father, that's what we want to do until you come. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.